Hey everyone, my name is Meredith Turpilek Shaler, and I want to welcome you to the Tune In with Meredith podcast, soon to be Guiding God's Daughters. And it is so good to be back. I've been gone about four weeks, which I never liked. Granted, I was on vacation for part of it, but um, you know, it seems when you have a full life and a toddler in your 40s or at any age, it can be make things a little more busy. But um, just wanted you to know that I've been thinking about you this whole time and I've been excited for what I'm going to bring you. So right now we are five weeks away from my book launch. The book is called How to Let Go of Your Food and Weight Obsession, A Guide for the Woman Who Wants More for Her Life. So I'm excited to bring it to you because it's a guide, shorter than my last book, but I want you to be able to read it and take action. Um, And because our food and weight struggles are often so private, I hope it reads almost like you and I are sitting down for coffee and a conversation. And my hope is that God's word will Um, And and part of what he did in my life at the beginning of COVID will help break you through similar struggles you may have had for life. So um, I'm also excited because the Guiding God's Daughters artwork is done and you're going to get to see that soon. And I have interviews coming up um, leading up to my book launch with great people. So good stuff. Also, if you could share this podcast, that would be great. I have found that you never know who's going to need it. And um, God's got somebody who needs to hear it. So if you have a friend um, that you can share it with, please do. Um, Okay, so I think that's all the technical stuff. I'm going to jump into the message. I'm really going to start with scripture. It's going to be very scripture based, partly because it's Easter. And I think there's often a time, uh, it's often a time where, you know, we get through the holiday and we skip what is so important to understand about this holiday. So I'm going to share some scripture, but I'm also going to jump into um, emotions and, you know, how Jesus died on the cross, you know, um, to help us also navigate those emotions, um, which the world wants to hijack. And I'm going to talk about how we have to protect our hearts with wisdom and how we have to protect our children's hearts. So um, I'm just going to pray really quick, Father God, whoever needs these words. Give them whatever words they need to hear. Help them to be filled with your word and to just get what they need to get. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, <sighs> Easter is not just another holiday to check the box. It's more than bunnies and spring decorations. It's about the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So that is no small thing. And I think, like I just said, it's a message that people just cruise by in all the busyness of the holiday. Uh, And I just want to go over a couple things. So first of all, Jesus died on the cross for you and me, carrying the burdens of all our sins. I'm talking about regrets, guilt, shame, addictions, bad habits, offenses, resentments. The list goes on and on. He doesn't care how long you've had it. If you're carrying it, he wants it. He died for it. So 1 Peter 2.24 says, and it is so important, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So if you're one of those people who's hanging on to resentment from 20 years ago, or you think God can't forgive you for something, I'm here to tell you, and Easter weekend was your example, that it's time to let it go. You don't have to hang on to it. He wants to take it and he wants to heal it. So whoever this message is for, it's time to let him. 
And I pray in this week after Easter and the spring season that you work through what it is you've been hanging on to so the Lord can do a new work in you. Because my friend, he died on that cross for your sins and rose again to give you new life. He doesn't want you to stay stuck in your old story. Here's the second thing, and something I think a lot of people miss about Easter, because again, they go through the motions, check the box, go to church, and miss this piece. Also, if you don't read the Bible, you're missing the new covenant in the New Testament. So I'm just going to show it to you. And it's important because when you get stuck in that place where you think God isn't there, uh, you know the old God doesn't care about me, he's up there, not down here, I'm not important, wrong, that's the enemy's speaking. I know many people believe um, that you go to Mary or you go to a priest or you go to a saint, um, but you need to see that Jesus died to intercede for you to the Father. Let's jump into Hebrews. I highly recommend you read this whole thing if you don't understand what I'm talking about. Um, and And if you don't, I would also recommend that you go and read these further. So, Chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, Hebrews. Since the children, he's speaking of children of God, have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. So that just breaks the idea that he doesn't understand you. Second, go to Hebrews 7. So Hebrews seven twenty three through 26 says, Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, we can't live, for, well, we do, but we're, you know, it's Jesus. He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted in the heavens. We can go straight to Jesus who intercedes for us. That is a miracle. Why do you think Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Third, let's look at this concept of the new covenant. One that I only came to when I started reading in scripture. It's not one I really understood when I was growing up um, in Catholic Church. So there's a lot of here I would recommend that you study. Um, I'm going to go a little over chapters 8 and 9 here. So here it is. Hebrews 8 verses 1 through 2. Then we're going to jump into 9. It says, now the main point of what I'm saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not a mere human being. So there it is, the true tabernacle. Hold on. Chapter 9, verses 11 through 12. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that it's to say it is not part of this creation. 
He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Verses 14 through 15. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. So, last one. I know it's a lot of material, but just listen Chapter 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain or veil, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and have our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And that's what I was referring to in the beginning. We can't afford to not meet after Easter. We can't afford to be Christers. We have to encourage each other because the day is drawing near. And, the, and if you're blinded by this, if you don't see this, you need to get in the word because the world is just going to be pushing you in the other direction. You know, I saw something the other day, New York Times article that I posted on Facebook about you know, somebody said, oh, the world's falling apart. I think it's a great time for us to get rid of God. I didn't even read it. I just posted it to point out how much evil there is in the world that this guy is being published. The New York Times on Easter weekend. What does that tell you? And the devil thinks he's winning because he gets platforms like this. And he's not, not going to win. Here's the other place the enemy is working hard. And it's specific to you. Your feelings. All of these things that I just told you you have to bring to Jesus, to the cross, or often what you feel about something that happened or how you feel about yourself. Our feelings can be so deceiving and no one in the world will tell you that besides those who know the Lord, who are leading you to the Lord, for he is the only one who truly understands your heart. That's why Jeremiah 17, 9, 10 says, the heart, is, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. But what do we do? If we are weak in the spirit, we let our feelings and emotions run the show. If you look at 1 John three twenty from the New Living Translation, it says, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Our nation has a serious heart issue, and the enemy just loves how in your feelings you are. It's everywhere. I've researched it some, and I'll put the article I read online, but the world is doing something called emotional hijacking. Well, it's actually really the news media and all the crazy ones who are trying to force propaganda on you. Um, have you noticed a bunch of people who are losing it everywhere, just completely living out of their emotions? Or how about the parents encouraging their kids to contemplate their sexuality in elementary school? Because they may just 
not feel like they are one sex. Well, that's not how God designed them. What about the fact that some of these pro- these programs are promoting pornography and the regular use of something else that begins with an M? I told this to my oldest, my middle stepdaughter in her 20s and another friend in her 20s, and they were like, oh, no, no, there's no way. There's no way that's happening in schools. That's going to just be in big cities. No, this is happening everywhere. What is my point with this? It's to show you that they're trying to hijack emotions from a very early age so kids get confused about their identity. Mm, Their true identity comes from who? Christ. And if parents are teaching them this, it will be hijacked. The world will just keep trying to tell them their identity is their race or their sex, and that is wrong. Yes, that may be a part of them. They may be male or female or black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. But their truest identity is in Christ. So no matter what, all else of our identities, Christ is the first identity. He's the one who created us, period. Why am I saying all this? Because we have to protect our emotions. We have to protect our hearts. We have to protect our children's hearts. We have to guard them with wisdom. Teach them what is the true wisdom of God. Teach them Proverbs so they can see the Lord's wisdom is greater than any other wisdom out there. It ain't about getting it. Something, some spot at Yale. I'm sorry. I don't care how good the school is. It is not God's wisdom. So look at Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Does that tell you how important it is? I'm not saying guard your heart, like don't feel, just protect yourself. I'm saying get wisdom. Proverbs 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. I was watching this video the other day with Ben Shapiro. And he had a, I I guess a heckler, a questioner in the audience who was heckling him, saying really unkind things about how he is with his wife in the bedroom and mocking him and um, elevating himself, talking about how smart he is and how he just got this scholarship, blah, 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 blah. You know, it doesn't even matter what Ben Shapiro said. I mean, he came back with this quick comeback. But the point was, I'm watching that, I'm going, none of this matters to God. This, th- that stuff doesn't matter to God. What matters is that that young man is a child of God. And the sad part, he's so focused on his identity in how the world defines him that he may never understand that. And that is why we have to fight for our kids. Our next generation is being sent on a wild goose chase to find their identity and intelligence and gender being led by their feelings. It's literally the enemy sending them in the opposite direction of their heavenly father who can guide them through their feelings and protect their hearts. So when people say there is an agenda to steal our kids' hearts, they are not kidding. And the most important thing you can do is get that wisdom yourself. Be in the word yourself. So your kids see you and then they want to. Here's the other thing about emotional hijacking. I know what's happening in our culture with all these woke ideologies and identities that our hearts are being hijacked, especially those who've been through trauma. I am sorry, but I truly believe that those who've been through trauma are the most vulnerable. They are being emotionally hijacked. And I think there's a huge connection to uh, the epidemics in our world. Look at sex trafficking. Oh, our borders are open. Oh, sex trafficking is massively on the rise. Who are the subjects of sex trafficking? The vulnerable, the ones dealing with mental health issues, abuse, neglect. Oh yeah, let's just keep the borders open. 
Look at addictions to drugs. Uh Uh-oh, who else is coming through all our borders? Drug traffickers. Oh, people are dying of fentanyl overdoses all over the place. Um, in greater numbers. I wonder why. Because they want to get people addicted so they never come to Christ, so they completely numb. So who's susceptible to this? Addictions. Genet- I always say genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger. So not everyone, but people who get addicted have the gene for it. They've been in a toxic environment. They go to the substance and they get addicted. I mean, I've had to break addictions. It ain't fun. That's what the enemy, anybody, every, the enemy wants. He wants everybody in chains so they never break their chains. This is about our hearts. We are in a spiritual war for our hearts. Wake up. This is where I get frustrated with the media, not just because they're spreading fake news, but they aren't making the connection between all of this. They're so distracted by Trump and what's going on in Ukraine, and I'm not degrading what's going on in Ukraine, but it's like, focus on what's going on in our country. If I were running a TV network, I'd be telling these people, this is happening and people are vulnerable and we need to teach them to deal with their heart wounds. But they're not going to do that, which is why I'm doing it. It's also why I wrote this next guide, because there are too many women who deal with food issues and it is such a heart issue. It is such, it's just a hijacking of our hearts where we numb with the food and it's just one part of the puzzle of healing. I'm not, you know, I'm talking about food stuff for the rest of my life because it is one piece of the puzzle that I want to help you break free. Woo! So, is there something you're holding on in slavery? Are you in fear, regret, shame, unforgiveness? Do you have trauma that you haven't dealt with? Do you have pain that is so deep that you don't think the Lord wants to help you heal it? Wrong, that is an enemy's lie. That is the enemy's lie. Is there a temptation you can't shake? An addiction? Because I think... We just read that he was tempted so he could help those of us who are tempted. Knowing that he became human so he could understand me better and I could understand him was huge for my intimacy with God. So I don't know what's holding you down right now or what has got you in change, but the message of Easter is that Jesus wants to release you from it. I know life is hard. I know sometimes it can feel like the storm swell of emotions is going to swallow you, but it won't. It can't because the Lord is greater than your emotions. This is one of the biggest truths you need to understand in these times that we are leaving. It doesn't matter how that we are living. It doesn't matter how you feel and what's going on in the world. God is greater. So let us walk into this next week knowing that no matter how we feel, God is with us, he's greater, and go right to the throne of his grace to pray for our hearts, the nation's hearts, our children's hearts. I pray you seek the Lord to help you navigate your emotions. I pray that you pick up this book. Go buy one. Get on the app. Do what you have to do. And even if you have one and you don't touch it, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Okay. Woo! I think that's it. Yes, I needed to share all this. Couple announcements. One, book launches May 31st. I'm trying to figure out pre-launch information. I'll let you know when that's coming. Number two, if you're local, I've got a launch event on Saturday morning, June 4th at the Grand LV in Niles. It's a cool venue. We're going to have kind of a coffee launch. I'll be sending out invites this week. Third, I'll be hosting a webinar on Zoom the night of May 31st um, for the launch. That's the first day of the launch. I'm going to send an invite out for that. Or I'll be hosting an interview series with really great experts um, in the food addiction world, a uh, guy that ran my treatment center, a uh, nutritionist that you're not going to want to miss, um, really great experts and authors that um, I hope you'll listen to. So um, make sure you're following my podcast. Make sure you share my podcast. 
and lots of stuff coming. So um, I hope you have a great week and I will see you soon. Probably not next week, um, but the week after that. So I'll see you soon. Have a really good one, guys. Hope this message gave you some inspiration and fired you up. God bless your heart this week. All right. Have a good one.